Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe there and check out fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell that out. You have all the content there for free without a paywall. Also, Check out our great sponsors. That includes our friend Nelson over at Mobile Sea Arm and Staffing Services. He's going to be over at our watch party on Tuesday at Tropical Distillery. Get a chance to meet him then. Huge Miami Heat fan, but most importantly, he rents out the Sea Arm equipment on a short and long-term basis to hospital, surgery centers, chiropractic offices, and pain management offices. They also offer cadaver lab courses. If you work for a medical office, a hospital, you got to reach out to our guy Nelson. Fill out the form on the website at c-armandstaffing.com. That's the letter C as in cat-armandstaffing.com. Or you can call Nelson at 561-891-9620. That's 561-891-9620. He can go through the entire process with you. And he and his wife, they're just great people. And they will take care of you. Make sure you mention five reasons when you call. Again, it's 561-891-9620, c-armandstaffing.com. And now, today's episode. Down uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Did an episode about 12 hours ago with Greg Sylvander. You can find that up on all the podcast feeds where he went through the win against Dallas, 129 to 122. The Heat now have four games left, but we're trying to do things as they go here because things are happening in real time. In fact, the Hawks are playing as we speak. But today, Alex, the Nets uh, held off a furious rally from Talon Horton Tucker, or whatever his name is, and uh, Laurie Markinen, and also Kelly Olynyk, who had about 35 rebounds today. And they win by one against the Jazz. And I said before that game that this was essentially the Heat's last chance to get the six, uh, which is, of course, the seed that they need to get. They're not catching the five in the Knicks. They're too far behind. They don't have the tiebreaker there. They also don't have the tiebreaker over the Nets, so they needed the Nets to drop a couple of games here. And the Nets schedule, they had the Jazz at home, then they get Minnesota at home, uh, and then they have a couple of, of tanking teams after that in Detroit, and Orlando, and then they finish the season with Philadelphia, which is locked into a spot and may not play Embiid, Harden, and the rest. And so really, they needed to catch a break with the Nets losing today. The Nets almost lost today. They did not lose today. And so it doesn't look like the Heat are going to catch them. And at the same time, Toronto won again. So they're gaining on the Heat, or at least they're putting pressure on the Heat. 
And as we speak, they are now in the eighth spot. The Hawks are trying to catch them. And the Bulls came back from 20 down against Memphis to beat Memphis by 20. And so they are now in the 10 spot, fairly secure. They're ahead of Washington. They're clear of Washington by three and a half games. And the Bulls are now only, I guess, uh, three games behind the Heat, and they hold the tiebreaker over the Heat. They and the Raptors hold the tiebreaker over the Heat. The Hawks do not. So let's cover the first part of this. Do you give the Heat any opportunity? Because the reason we're talking about this is we want to talk about how the Heat should handle these last four games, whether they should play Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, who sat out the last game, or whether they should simply rest their players and get them ready for what looks like a guaranteed play-in and then, and then possibly a playoff series against either the Bucks or the Celtics. Do you give the Heat any chance to catch the Nets at this stage? Um, well, I guess it depends on what you mean by any. You know, if it's very technically, then sure, they've got a chance. Uh, but, you know, we were kind of going through it pre-show, and, yeah, it's gotten to the point where, you know, you're two games back. Both teams have played the same amount of games. You know, you went through their schedules there. The only scenario where he can catch up now is, you know, the Heat went out and the Nets only win one out of their last four games. I just don't think that's going to happen, um, you know, for a, a variety of reasons that we don't have to go through here. We already know how we feel about this Heat team. I just think that it's gotten tough. Like, I, I don't I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off, but maybe I'm wrong. I just haven't seen them put together a stretch of just win after win after win all season and now to do it and also get the luck of the Nets losing most of their games, it just it does not seem like something that's going to happen. I mentioned the embarrassment of this the other day, and I don't want to get away from that. The Nets were slightly ahead of the Heat, from what I recall, when they traded Durant. And obviously they had dealt Kyrie as well. And the Heat could not catch them. And not only could they not catch them, they allowed, what, Mikel Bridges to have a career high against them. Since then, he's done that against a lot of people. But at that stage, he hadn't been doing that. And then they lost to them again a second time when they were playing so well, scored 69 points in the first half, gave up a 31-6 to run in the third quarter. So the Heat put themselves in this position. There's absolutely no reason that they shouldn't have jumped ahead of a Nets team that essentially traded for high-level role players. Mikel Bridges has turned out to be more than that, but guys like Dinwiddie and Finney Smith and gutted their entire plan, which included Durant, Simmons, and Kyrie. They've got nothing from Simmons. Durant and Kyrie are gone, and the Nets are still going to hold off the Heat, it looks like, for that sixth spot. I don't see any chance of the Heat catching them. The Nets have been too disciplined lately to slip against a team like – I know they did lose to Orlando a couple of weeks ago. I don't think it will happen again. Uh, we know at this point that most of those teams have packed it in looking for lottery balls. Uh, Detroit as well. And then that game against Philly, I just don't anticipate the Sixers playing most of their starters in that game. And Minnesota's coming off a bad loss, and I would anticipate they would get up for that game against the Nets, but I still think the Nets can handle them. So I don't see any way that the Nets lose three of four. And even if they lose three of four, it requires the Heat to win their last four, which is possible if you look at the opponents, but we can't take anything for granted with a team that has lost to so many bad teams this year. But again, the Heat schedule is kind of soft going forward. They get Detroit. Um, I'll have to look at it now again carefully because I knew it by heart. Uh, but they finish, obviously, the season. Uh, they have a game against Philadelphia on the road. But again, we don't know who they're going right. to play. And, and right, and then Orlando. And who's the fourth? They close with Orlando, 1 o'clock game on Easter Sunday. There's one more in there that I'm, I'm missing off the top of my head. But I, when I looked at the schedule, I said, I think they can go – four and oh again if they're playing well and they're playing everybody and we'll do this as we speak here so 
the last one. Yeah, there we go. The Wizards. Okay, the Wizards who have basically checked out at this point also and can't really even get into the plan. So the Heat could go four and zero there, but even if they go four and zero, it requires the Nets to go one and three. I don't anticipate that's happening. So before we get to what happens below the Heat, do you on the face of it say, okay, you're not getting to the six? You've got Jimmy Butler, who's now played, I guess, 62 games. It doesn't matter for awards this year. It will next year where the cutoff is 62. Jimmy doesn't care about awards anyway. Just on the face of that, would you shut Jimmy down for a couple of games? It's This has become a really complex question as of, you know, even more, I, I should say, as a recent, because this is not even really a subject that I've thought about, because I, I thought kind of, you know, at this point, it would be every game is even more important than the last as far as with the standings. But no, it's kind of almost as close as it can be to set in stone as it, you know, other than it actually being set in stone. And so logically, you can definitely make that case that, you know, just sit, sit Jimmy out for the rest of it. He's been playing at an incredible level. Um, you've managed his minutes very carefully all season. It's obviously because you want him to be, you know, unleashed in the playoffs when you're going to be presumably playing him 40, 42 minutes or more um, every game. And so, yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense to sit him at this point. You know, it feels a little bit weird. It feels like as somebody who believes in basketball karma, a team that, let me see, has two or three teams that are about two games behind the heat or two and a half, in the standings, it feels like it could also go the other way for them, even if that seems unlikely as well. And so if they were to just lose out a bunch of games and one of these other playing teams gets hot and wins out and all of a sudden the Heat are playing the playing game uh, on the road and things become even more murky, it feels like you're playing you're playing a little bit too much with the universe. <laughs> and so it's it might be the most logical thing to do, but I think it, it could also be very risky. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, like, I think... And the other layer of this that I, that I was going to mention before I forgot to is the BAM part. Because mm -hmm. it's not like you have BAM out there like, yeah, you know, you could just play BAM a little bit and hope that he and Tyler and the other guys can get you, you know, one or two wins essentially, essentially just to keep you in that same spot. But now BAM is dealing with this hip soreness or whatever they're labeling it where, you know, I think Spo said pregame that he wasn't moving at all very well before. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, you know, you obviously want BAM to be good for the playoffs. So, you know, you're going to be going without Jimmy and without Bam if you're, if you're you know, sitting Jimmy as well. All right, so we're going to get into the play-in stuff and the teams behind them, but let's, let's eliminate that for a second, okay? I know it's hard to because that plays into it. But let's just talk about continuity uh, going into the playoffs. So you mentioned Bam potentially being out, okay? So I guess this is more a Bam question than Jimmy in terms of, you know, what's the pain threshold that you have him play through or you ask him to play through or you want him to play through uh, again, considering that you can't really get to six anyway. But the other part of this is just getting any kind of a rhythm. And I mean, we literally saw the heat start a lineup last night that they'd never started before. They got away with it against Dallas because Dallas is one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. And they score 129 points. Okay. But that's not the starting lineup they're taking into the playoffs, obviously. Okay. Not with Cody Zeller and Max Struess in it. So I guess before we get to the play-in stuff and the teams that are chasing from behind, whether it's Toronto, Chicago, or Atlanta, I mean, do you need to, the Heat to get some rhythm with a core group? So in other words, if Bam is 85%, you put him out there, you keep Jimmy out there, you keep Tyler out there, you have Kyle now, uh, Oladipo's out of the rotation, but you have the rest of sort of your your core bench guys. 
just to kind of get on a little bit of a run before the plan? Or does that, again, independent of the team's chasing, just talking about continuity, does that matter? I mean, have they been together enough this year that it's like, okay, we know what it looks like, or are we at the stage now where you need to get them a little bit of a ramp up together? I do think they know what they look like with each other. But on the, at the same time, you know, because of the things that we talked about recently, as far as um, their new defensive identity or lack thereof, I think that's a problem. And I don't really think that you can just, you know, kind of, you know, draw a line right now in the sand and be like, okay, we're going to figure out that, you know, we're going to figure all of that out in the playoffs because yes, we've seen them be a good defensive team before. And we saw it for a huge chunk of this season. So that's where you kind of give them the, the benefit of the doubt in doing it. Not even to mention their entire um, franchise's history since Riley's been here of being defense first, right? That's not even factoring in here. The, the problem is they're not doing it and they haven't done it. And then last night, you know, you, you gave up, what was it, 95 points combined to Luka, Kyrie, and Hardaway, who all did it very efficiently. It's not like the defense was fixed. And by the way, like, you know, the, the Mavs did it on pretty efficiently when you look at their half-court and overall offensive rating, too. It's the, the Heat just did it better. They had a better offensive night without Bam and even and without Tyler having a huge game. So it was very, it was a very weird scenario, I think, compared to the, the type of games we've seen all season. But regardless... The defense, uh, I think it's it's a problem. It's a problem, and so I kind of end up leaning towards the latter. Whereas I felt I feel like for most of the season I would have leaned towards the former and be like, yeah, just sit him out. I think probably what you do is, um, as long as Jimmy is feeling all right, you just maybe you may maybe you even lower his minutes even more. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but um, better than not having him out there at all, right? But that's kind of the the middle ground at this point, which is you know trying to essentially sit on the fence and and not have to pick a side. But really, I, I, I think you can make the case that Jimmy should sit these games. I just feel like as a team, they really do need to figure out and, and try to figure out that defensive identity and and try to channel some of that because they I, I really don't like what they're doing right now on that end. And I, I think it's, you know, they're building bad habits and kind of getting rid of some of the good stuff that they built on all season. And I don't like the timing and it's a little bit ominous. I'll say this. There are two different types of rhythm. Okay. And I think you just hit on it. There's the rhythm of them collectively as a group and learning to be on a string on defense, which they're not right now, as you said, and also offensively moving the ball, moving bodies, getting, getting it to guys in the right place. And we're going to talk about that in another episode uh, when we get into the kind of the bam Jimmy connection, which is something to watch going forward here. But then there's also individual player rhythm, right? So you mentioned Jimmy Jimmy's in an incredible rhythm right now. He's been a top five player in the NBA since the all-star break. He just played a perfect game. And when I say he played a perfect game, if you go and look on basketball reference for the best games by game score, which is the stat that basketball reference uses, which is essentially efficiency and production. It's not perfect, but it gives you an idea. The game that he played against Dallas was the best game that Jimmy Butler's ever played in the regular season for Miami. So he is at the peak of his powers right now. He's shooting 61% plus since the All-Star break. Simon Smith, I always shout him out, um, so we appreciate his stats. Maybe we'll bring him on here. He's got the second highest true shooting percentage in the league since the All-Star break, right behind Kevin Durant, who hasn't even played a full complement of games, and right ahead of Nikola Jokic. So he has been absolutely elite. He's in an incredible rhythm. So now it becomes a question. Do you want – is it better to get him rest or keep his rhythm? Because if you're going to say, okay – let's say he plays one more game, you get your win, you feel fairly comfortable about being in the seventh seed, you shut him down for the last three, you give him essentially a week off, right? 
um, before he's going to play in the play-in, is that good or bad? Individually. I know how you feel about the team stuff. I'm with you on it, but individually. I think it's definitely fair what you're saying, and there's probably some truth to it. But I also bet that if you asked Jimmy Butler and he asked and he answered truthfully, he would say that he would want the week off. <laughs> I just think like I, I I think he would enjoy it. I think he would like to just, you know, refresh himself with a nice week off before having to ramp it up. Like I said, playing a ton of minutes and, and just doing a whole lot on both ends in the playoffs. And so, you know, I, I, I I'm actually really um curious to see where this goes because I, I don't think there's an easy answer. I think it's weird for a team who is most likely going to finish in the seventh seed. And like you guys went over on um, the episode that went up this morning, like they were the one seed last season. They were mm-hmm. in the conference finals. Like we all, you know, like has essentially turned into a meme now on heat Twitter for us being toxic positive or whatever, you know, the, the, the phrases they were a game. I mean, a, a shot away from the finals and they were in the finals two seasons before that. Like they should not be in this position and the games that they've dropped and some of the habits that they have built and then gotten rid of on both ends of the floor, like you mentioned, I just think has led them to this point. And now it, 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 we're, we're talking about this weird scenario of whether Jimmy sits or not, like logically everything points to, yeah, like it's, it's not a bad idea. Like they're most likely going to be there, but I also just based on the way that everything's gone this season, I also would, you know, would be very, very uh, just skeptical and nervous of doing something like that and possibly dropping all these games. It feels arrogant, doesn't it? Um, for a team that I think we can accuse them of that during the course of this season. It, it does feel arrogant for a seven or eight seed to be shutting guys down. But also, you have no chance in the playoffs if Jimmy Butler tweaks an ankle. And we're also at a spot with Jimmy where there's been recurring injuries, like not just the ankles, which are a problem for him, but the knee. And, you know, you get a flare up in the last three games everybody's going to be like, why is Jimmy playing when they had really very little to play for? I, I think it starts with Bam, though, because it's, it kind of depends, you know, how injured he is, how much of it is injury, how much of it is pain tolerance, and how much of it is risk going forward. You don't want him overcompensating for what he's dealing with. You're dealing with a hip, okay? You don't want him overcompensating, hurting a knee, hurting an ankle, hurting a hamstring, or something along those lines, and then you don't have him for the playoffs because – as much as Heat Twitter was all over the Cody Zeller train today, and we're hoping to get Cody on the podcast this week, actually, you're not winning anything without Bam. So, And we see what they look like defensively without Bam. So I think that's a tough decision to make. I think Tyler is going to want to play. He always wants to play. As he said, he could play 48 minutes, and he's young and 23 and all the rest of it. Um, I do think that they can look at resting Kyle a little bit more here down the stretch. Um, his minutes have not gotten elevated. He's been kind of in the high 20s lately, uh, sort of splitting the minutes with Gabe. But I think that's something they can look at. Uh, Caleb, Max, Max has played a lot of games this year, but he's starting to find his touch. He's 40% starting with March 1st from three. So I don't really feel like you want to take him out while he's got some rhythm. But again, these are decisions that Spolster is going to have to make. But we have to look at it from the other side too, because not only were the Heat chasing a team, although not very hard, other teams are chasing them. So we'll get into that after the break. We do want to mention a couple of sponsors here, the Five Reasons Sports Network. We always mention prize picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. That's our fantasy sponsor. You get your initial deposit matched up to $100 using our code 5. That's the best code in the business. Again, use that. You can play any sport. You can play MLS, NHL, MLB, NBA. And then also you can play the national championship game, although I know most people in South Florida aren't really going to want to watch it now with FAU and Miami out, but you can play that as well. And of course the NBA. So go to prize picks, 
Google Play Store, Apple App Store, prizefix.com. Use the code 5FIVE. We also want to welcome a sponsor back to the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's our friends over at You Break Wheel Fix. You can find them at You Break, that's with a U, youbreakwheelfix.com. They handle everything for you in terms of wheel repair, refinishing, and custom wheels. You can do the heat wheels. You can still do the vice colors, even though the heat don't do the vice colors anymore. So go to youbreakwheelfix.com. They're based in North Miami. And again, you can also find them on Instagram. See all their work at youbreakwheelfix. Reach out to Mark and his great team over at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112. Youbreakwheelfix, changing the way that you see wheels. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's Shaving Products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Also, I'm going to be on Starting 9 on Monday morning if you want to interact there. And we have a watch party at Tropical Distillery Tuesday night. Tropical Distillery, it's in Alapata near Miami. Two-for-one shots up until tip-off. The Heat play the Pistons. It's a great venue, and we did a watch party there about a month ago as well. All right, so let's look at the teams chasing here. Alex, we got we did a play-in episode the other day where we talked about who would be most dangerous. I think we kind of agree it's Toronto, uh, not Atlanta. As we speak, do you have an Atlanta score Right now, they're they're winning, right? Well, actually, it's 59-58. Uh, second quarter is almost up, so it's okay. neck and neck right now. All right, so right now as we speak, they're a half game behind Toronto. If you go to the standings, uh, these teams, and we mention the tiebreakers all the time because they do matter, uh, but if you go to the standings right now, those teams are uh, two games behind the Heat. Uh, and Chicago, which won today, came back and blew out Memphis is three games behind. Now, in terms of tiebreakers, Toronto and Chicago both have tiebreakers over Miami, and they will keep those tiebreakers. There's nothing that he can do to change that. The Heat have a tiebreaker over Atlanta. Um, <clears throat> we were looking at schedules, okay? Toronto, to me, has a schedule where they could win out, um, and, and that would be the concern here. If you look at, if you look at their schedule, it, does, it wouldn't look like it on paper, but if you really get into circumstances – 
Their last five games, they got two against Charlotte, which obviously is tanking, although they played much better defense uh, of late. So they took two against Charlotte. And then, uh, excuse me, they already played the one against Charlotte. So they got they have one more against Charlotte. They get two against Boston, which would be like, okay, that's challenging, going to be in Boston. Celtics are locked into a seed, are they not? They're going to be the two. Yeah. Okay. And then Milwaukee at home, which is locked into the one. Giannis is not playing a one o'clock Sunday game to close the season. He's going to sit and probably Middleton and holiday will too. I don't know that Tatum and Brown will play both of those games. The uh, Sixers are currently two and a half back of Boston, just to be clear. Okay. So Boston basically needs one more win. Okay. So maybe they play to get one more win, but I don't know that Tatum and Brown are going to play both of those games. So you look at Toronto's against last four, not last five, one Charlotte, two against the Boston team that's pretty much locked into the two. And then the five finale against the Milwaukee team that just wants to get to the playoffs healthy right now. I see three and one, maybe four and oh, with the way the Raptors are playing. Van Vliet had 20 assists today. So, do, and we know they have the tiebreaker over Miami. Does that influence your decision at all? Does it matter that much to make sure you're the seven instead of the eight? I'm not sure. Like, I, I think it's all of this has just become, and I feel like, I, you know, I'm, basically giving cop-outs this entire episode because it's just become very confusing and tough, obviously, as things continue to change. I, I don't believe that the Heat are going to lose the seventh seed. But like I said before, and I've said this whole show, like if you're not sitting, I mean, if you're sitting Jimmy, you're also, you know, they might not be playing with Bam. Like the quote was that he's just not moving right now. And that was uh, from a day ago. Like that doesn't sound like somebody that you want to be playing in some of these games that there's a pretty good chance they end up not mattering. The problem is, like I said, there's still the scenario where you lose out. And I just think that's, oh my God, that would be so unfortunate for the heat. And, you know, they, there's so many ways that this can go bad. And that's just kind of where I'm at with all of this. You know, there's a reason they're the seventh seed and they've kind of almost locked themselves into there. It could still be worse. That's That's why I'm like, I don't know what the answer is here and why I'm not envious of Spo for having to make these decisions, because you don't know, like you said, how many Boston Boston stars are going to play in those last couple of games. Um, there's just so many layers to, you know, the standings talk because you don't know who's going to play, who's not going to play. Things are changing all the time. I don't know what the answer is. That's <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. I, I like, I think sitting Jimmy, maybe the last couple of games, would probably be ideal. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that for all four games. The only thing is you just got to hope, I think, that you can get Atlanta as the eighth seed because I really do think that he kind of haven't figured out, even if they didn't have DeJounte Murray in that series last season. Mm -hmm. um, I think those guys have basically been the epitome of mediocre all season as far as, like, you know, they'll win a game, they'll lose a game, they'll win a game, they'll lose a game kind of all season. And – well, did you did you see the stat, Alex? To that point, uh, one of the the Hawks. I don't know if he's a sort of a Hawks super fan and creator or a media person. That they've set a record for uh, how close they've been to five hundred this year. I mean, it, oh, yeah. What, yeah. what you're saying that that is like true. That's not exaggeration. They literally win a game and lose a game. In fact, I mean, okay, if you go back to this, this is an absolutely crazy stat. Okay, if you go back to the beginning of March. All right. It goes back even further than this. Win, loss, loss. By the way, those two straight losses were to Miami uh, by eight and two points. 
win, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And now today, as we started the podcast against Dallas, they were winning. It's a tight game. They have hugged the 500 line. Like they're literally hugging the line the entire season. They are the most mediocre team in the sport. Like that, that is, and they have been for years, by the way, <laughs> but like, that's what they are. And you mentioned it. They have the heat have, uh, the, the, the Heat have kind of the book on Trey Young. I mean, whether it starts with Gabe Vincent and Bam and others, but they know how to play Trey Young better than anybody else in the league. So I'm with you on that. You would prefer to get Atlanta, but you can't really choose your opponent now because you don't really you're not playing any of these teams, right? So um the the other thing to consider though is that okay, first thing, Atlanta, if you look at Atlanta's schedule, all right, the question becomes can Atlanta catch Miami? Well, legitimately no because they're not going to win four straight or five straight including today because they never do that but if you look at their games they've got at chicago okay that to me is an elimination game in terms of getting up to eight right so i mean if they lose to chicago i don't know what their tiebreaker is but if they beat chicago chicago's not getting all the way to eight most likely so it's kind of an elimination game not for the play-in but for seeding in the play-in okay to get into that seven eight game then they get a Washington team at home that is not playing for anything right now. A Philadelphia team, which, as we've talked about, essentially locked into three. Okay, I mean, could they could catch Boston hypothetically, but it's probably not going to happen. And then they're at that same Boston team we've talked about, which probably won't be playing anybody in that last game. I, I would anticipate that by then Tatum and Brown will be sitting. So I guess could Atlanta go three and one and catch Miami? I mean, the worst case scenario here is Miami somehow slips to nine. <laughs> that would be it, it, it's still it's still possible and that means that means you need to win two games one one at home and then one on the road sounds like you can't sit jimmy for more than two games then <laughs> <laughs> especially because like i said you don't know if or when bam is going to play any of these games just right. the hit stuff has really thrown this whole thing out of proportion and i feel like i might be underestimating the hawks too not you know not very much but just because you know what i mean like we talk yeah. about the raptors and bulls like their threats because of their guys the hawks definitely have threats who can kill you in a one game scenario there's no doubt about it i just feel definitely more confident as to their game plan and how it would work versus those guys whereas like you know the fact that the, the hawks just don't defend very well at all whereas like low-key the bulls have been one of the best defenses in the league all season like <laughs> after the whole narrative about them you know mm. last season was they, they just really weren't a good defensive team and you know they were just built around iso offense from their stars they are the fifth best defensive rating and and that's adjusted defensive rating so even better like i just think that's a team that with their stars and with their defensive foundation could kill you in a one game scenario and the raptors too we know that they can defend we know they have um, a lot of size and length and they have guys who've been there before. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of with the Hawks stuff. But, yeah, the Heat have put themselves in a scenario where it's not good, but it could definitely get worse. In theory. In theory. In theory. I mean, I look, there's no way that the Heat can build momentum with their fans for a 7-8 play-in game. But it's better than a 9-10 play-in game. I mean, I <laughs> – Where we're at. I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine they get a 9-10 play-in game and lose to Chicago on their home floor, which is how the season started, but that's how the season started. That that game was a precursor for everything that came. If you look at the way oh, that right. game played out, we should do a playback and go back, because we can do that on playback. By oh, the way. So we're gonna do Tuesday. We should go back on playback and look at that game, because I'm telling you, Alex, if you watch that game again, okay, I saw highlights from it the other day. If you watch that game, you can see everything that was going to happen this season. Everything, the disconnect on defense, the disconnect on offense, 
the kind of the, the lethargy from this team, like you saw that in that first game. And sometimes those games can be a precursor uh, in a lot of different ways. That would be the worst case. Like you are a 9-10 and you lose, your season ends against Chicago. Like at least get the 7-8, get it home, okay? You can't celebrate it. We're not going to celebrate it. But give yourself a chance. Hope it's Atlanta. You beat Atlanta. And okay, then you're at least setting up for Boston. And then at least you can sell your fan base. Look, we beat this team a couple years ago. We almost beat them last year. We kind of have a formula against them. Jimmy's going to give us a chance. I don't think any of us is going to pick the heat against the Celtics in the series. I would probably have Boston in five, but at least you can get to it. But you end up in a nine, 10 play in game and lose to Chicago. My God, uh, that's going to be ugly. So basically I think our consensus is we don't really have a consensus on this, except to say that maybe it's kind of BAM dependent now to a certain degree. And then you kind of, maybe you play Jimmy the next game and then kind of maybe the game after that. And then the possibility of shutting him down for the last two. Is that fair? Sort of. I think for me, where I'm at, just after talking it through, get one more win, get Mm -hmm. one more win, play Jimmy, get one more win, beat the freaking Pistons. (laughs) God. Beat That's our watch party. Pistons. So I'm trying not to curse you. Beat the Pistons without Kate Cunningham. I don't know if Bojan is going to be there because, man, I hope not for the heat's sake based on what he did last time. But, yeah, just beat the Pistons, secure one more win, and then I think I'd be considerably more comfortable with sitting Jimmy for the rest of the games. Even I then, it's fair. Fair. I think that's fair. Just don't lose Tuesday because we're going to get blamed for it. Tropical Distillery in Alapata. We'll put it on the Twitter feed so everybody can find us there. Again, it's a great spot. Two for one shots prior to the game. They got a huge projection TV there. Uh, and again, they they, had, they they do their own alcohol there. So it's going to be a fun time uh, for everybody there and the mixed drinks and all that stuff. And if they lose to Detroit, at least you can drink through it. That's the way we're going to preface this. But again, we'll get you all Ubers. Well, I'm not going to pay for it, but you get your own Uber. All right. Thanks to Alex. We're going to do another episode here coming up in the next 12 to 24 hours. It's going to be more episodes, so make sure you're subscribed. And, of course, all this ends up on the YouTube channel as well. Check out Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. Use code 5RSN. Prize picks. Use code 5FIVE. You break wheel fix.com. Get your wheels done nice or get them fixed. And also c-armstaffing.com. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.